Chapter seventy four of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. Chapter seventy four Helen and the Curate. Before the morning, Leopold lay wound in the net of a low fever, almost as ill as ever, but with this difference, that his mind was far less troubled, and that even his most restless dreams no longer scared him awake to a still nearer assurance of misery. And yet many a time, as she watched by his side, it was excruciatingly plain to Helen that the stuff of which his dreams were made was the last process to the final execution of the law. She thought she could follow it all in his movements and the expressions of his countenance. At a certain point the cold dew always appeared on his forehead, after which invariably came a smile, and he would be quiet until near morning, when the same signs again appeared. Sometimes he would murmur prayers, and sometimes it seemed to Helen that he must fancy himself talking face to face with Jesus, for the look of blessed and trustful awe upon his countenance was amazing in its beauty. For Helen herself, she was prey to a host of chainful emotions. At one time she accused herself bitterly of having been the cause of the return of his illness. The next a gush of gladness would swell her heart at the thought that now she had him at least safer for a while and that he might die, and so escape the whole crowd of horrible possibilities. For George's manipulation of the magistrate could but delay the disclosure of the truth. Even should no discovery be made, Leopold must at length suspect a trick, and that would at once drive him to fresh action. But amongst the rest, a feeling which had but lately begun to indicate its far-off present now threatened to bring with it a deeper and more permanent sorrow. It became more and more plain to her that she had taken the evil part against the one she loved best in the world, that she had been as a Satan to him, had driven him back, stood almost bodily in the way to turn him from the path of peace. Whether the path he had sought to follow was the only one or not, it was the only one he knew and that it was at least a true one was proved by the fact that he had already found in it the beginnings of the peace he sought, while she, for the avoidance of shame and pity, for the sake of the family, as she had said to herself, had pursued a course which, if successful, would at best have resulted in shutting him up as in a madhouse with his own inborn horrors, with vain remorse and equally vain longing." Her conscience, now that her mind was quieter, from the greater distance to which the threatening peril had again withdrawn, had taken the opportunity of speaking louder, and she listened, but still with one question ever presented. Why might not he appropriate the consolations of the gospel without committing the suicide of surrender? She could not see that confession was the very door of refuge and safety towards which he must press. George's absence was now again a relief, and while she feared and shrank from the severity of Wingfold, she could not help a certain 
indescribable sense of safety in his presence, at least so long as Leopold was too ill to talk. For the curate, he became more and more interested in the woman who could love so strongly and yet not entirely, who suffered and must still suffer so much, and who a faith, even no greater than his own, might render comparatively blessed. The desire to help her grew and grew in him, but he could see no way of reaching her. And then he began to discover one peculiar advantage belonging to the little open chamber of the pulpit, open not only or especially to heaven above, but to so many of the secret chambers of the souls of the congregation. For what a man dares not, could not if he dared, and dared not if he could, say to another, even at the time and in the place fittest of all, he can say thence, open-faced before the whole congregation. And the person in need thereof may hear it without umbrage, or the choking husk of individual application, irritating to the rejection of what truth may lie in it for him. Were that our pulpits were all in the power of such men as by suffering know the human, and by obedience the divine heart, then would the office of instruction be no more mainly occupied by the press, but the faces of true men would everywhere be windows for the light of the Spirit to enter other men's souls, and the voice of their words would follow with the forms of what truth they saw, and the power of the Lord would speed them from heart to heart. Then would men soon understand that not the form of even soundest words availeth anything but a new creature. When Wingfold was in the pulpit, then he could speak as from the secret to the secret, but elsewhere he felt, in regard to Helen, like a transport ship filled with troops which must go sailing round the shores of an invaded ally, in frustrated search for a landing. Oh, to help that woman, that the light of life might go up in her heart, and her cheek bloom again with the rose of peace. But not a word could he speak in her presence, for he heard everything B would have said as he thought it would sound to her, and therefore had no utterance. Is it an infirmity of certain kinds of men, or a wise provision for their protection, that the brightest forms the truth takes in their private cogitations seem to lose half their lustre and all their grace when uttered in the presence of an unreceptive nature, and they hear, as it were, their own voice reflected in a poor, dull, inharmonious echo, and are disgusted. But on the other hand, ever in the pauses of the rushing, ever in the watery gleams of life that broke through the clouds and drifts of the fever, Leopold sought his friend, and, finding him shone into a brief radiance, or missing him gloomed back into the land of visions. The tenderness of the curate's service, the heart that showed itself in everything he did, even in the turn and expression of the ministering hand, was a kind of revelation to Helen. For while his intellect was hanging about the door, asking questions, and uneasily shifting hither and thither, in its unloved perplexities, the spirit of the master had gone by it unseen, and entered into the chamber of his heart. After preaching the sermon last recorded, there came a reaction of doubt and depression on the mind of the curate, greater than usual. Had he not gone farther than his right? Had he not implied more conviction than was his? 
words could not go beyond his satisfaction with what he found in the gospel or the hopes for the range of his conscious life springing therefrom but was he not now making people suppose him more certain of the fact of these things than he was he was driven to console himself with the reflection that so long as he had no such intention even if he had been so carried away by the delight of his heart as to give such an impression it mattered little what was it to other people what he believed or how he believed if he had not been untrue to himself no harm would follow was a man never to talk from the highest in him to the forgetting of the lower was a man never to be carried beyond himself and the regions of his knowledge if so then farewell poetry and prophecy yea all grand discovery for things must be foreseen ere they can be realized apprehended ere they be comprehended this much he could say for himself and no more that he was ready to lay down his life for the mere chance if he might so use the word of these things being true nor did he argue any devotion in that seeing life without them would be to him a waste of unreality he could bear witness to no facts but to the truth to the loveliness and harmony and righteousness and safety that he saw in the idea of the son of man as he read it in the story he dared not say what in a time of persecution torture might work upon him but he felt right hopeful that even were he base enough to deny him any cock might crow him back to repentance at the same time he saw plain enough that even if he gave his body to be burned it were not sufficing assurance of his christianity nothing could satisfy him of that less than the conscious presence of the perfect charity without that he was still outside the kingdom wandering in a dream around its walls difficulties went on presenting themselves at times he would be overwhelmed in the tossing waves of contradiction and impossibility but still his head would come up into the air and he would get a breath before he went down again and with every fresh conflict every fresh gleam of doubtful victory the essential idea of the master looked more and more lovely and he began to see the working of his doubts on the growth of his heart and soul both widening and realizing his faith and preventing it from becoming faith in an idea of god instead of in the living god the god beyond as well as in the heart that thought and willed and imagined he had much time for reflection as he sat silent by the bedside of leopold sometimes helen would be sitting near though generally when he arrived she went out for her walk but never anything came to him he could utter to her and she was one of those who learned little from other people a change must pass upon her ere she could be rightly receptive some vapour or other that clouded her being must be driven to the winds first mrs ramshorn had become at least reconciled to the frequent presence of the curate partly from the testimony of helen partly from the witness of her own eyes to the quality of his ministrations she was by no means one of the loveliest among women yet she had a heart and could appreciate some kinds of goodness which the arrogance of her relation to the church did not interfere to hide for nothing is so deadening to the divine as an habitual dealing with the outsides of holy things 
and she became half friendly and quite courteous when she met the curate on the stair and would now and then when she thought of it bring him a glass of wine as he sat by the bedside end of chapter seventy four